Hello and welcome back to Analytics at ServiceNow with your host Alex Sanginov. This is Season 2 and we are excited to cover the ins and outs of a day in the life of analytics roles and their contribution in creating value to fuel the company's growth. I personally invite you to join our Analytics at Now community by visiting us at servicenow.com forward slash analytics at now to stay informed so you won't miss a beat. That's again servicenow.com forward slash analytics at now. In this episode, we're joined by Meredith McAvey, Head of Research and Insights, and Arnab Palit, DataViz developer and winner of DataViz Competition 2020, who create and curate data stories in all genres and make data sing along the way. Hello, uh, Meredith and Arnab. Welcome to the show. So great to have you both. Thanks for having us. I'm excited to do this again. Thank you, Alex. Thanks, Meredith. It's awesome joining you and thank you for having us. I've been looking forward to every single episode in season two because every single of these you know, topics are uh, near and dear my heart, especially when it comes to data viz. I cannot emphasize how important this is, especially, oh no, we had our fair share, let's be honest, uh, <laughs> through multiple projects, right? Yes. And I'm sure, Meredith, you know, you had yours uh, and we'll uh, deep dive into all aspects of data viz and storytelling. But first, you know, just to get the record straight, what is the buzz around, you know, data viz and data storytelling? Uh, what is that all about? I can start. Um, to me, stories help us to deliver the message to the audience in the most effective way possible. You know, we often don't remember when someone presents us a spreadsheet full of numbers, um, you know, what was the most important thing about it. But with a compelling data story and a visual that call out, calls out the key insights, this makes it most, most important um, to the audience and helps those numbers stick. So data business storytelling is about perfecting that craft, creating that memorable storyline, the visuals that your audience can take away and use in their conversations. So really great data stories are the key to help scale to scale your data and your insights. Um, so for example, you know, as with stories in our lives, we, we all love movies and books, and I know we've binged a ton. Um, right. but, you know, we know that stories need to have a setting, a cast of characters, a conflict, a theme, and some sort of resolution to help put that key insight into context. And that's what data stories do. Um, you remember what that theme is, you remember the story around it, and therefore you remember the metric. So well put. I can. I, I have a feeling this episode is going to be the high pitch of all episodes. All right. I cannot wait for the drama to come in, Meredith. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I cannot agree more on uh, Meredith with this, uh, right? Uh, everyone has their own perspective and share of thoughts when it comes to database. Alex, uh, uh, for me, uh, if you will like, uh, this is more of closing the gap between the technical, the tech savvy people and the business people, right? Where if you, uh, or, or in layman terms, let's take an example of a person, say, who, who has a small grocery shop, right? If you give him or her the complete statement of the month, what are transactions happened, he or she would have no idea. Right how to make sense out of it. For me, yeah. data viz is such a tool which will enable these users, like what the data wants to talk about, what are the impact yeah. we are going to make, and what are the 
prescriptive actions we can suggest to these people that hey if i can just create a nice data visualizations or a dashboard and present it to them they might know that exactly this is the particular few products which are getting sold more often they need to stock it really well so these are the cool small and few changes which can uh, deliver a great impact to uh, the business world and the technical people Absolutely. Data is no longer just for enterprise and companies or whatnot. Data is for everyone, right? And therefore, hashtag data people. So <laughs> uh, just to get more intimate around your day-to-day uh, -day or what does a typical day look like uh, for you? Uh, I can go with that, Alexa. Uh, as a, as a uh, data visualization, they say me in service now, uh, I would say that the day is full of excitements and challenging at the same time, right? Uh, we, we, we start our day uh, from a product owner mentality, if you, if you right? Because yeah. uh, when, when we start a day, we just do not think about delivering something at the end of the day. Rather, we, we try to own things. We try to start our day thinking that how else we can, you, we can make our products better how else we can make our products more reachable to the people or business stakeholders who can make sense and take great decisions for the company, right? So uh, as, a, as a data visualization expert and, uh, and a developer in service now, I would say that uh, a day starts with so many, so many different events. Sometimes it's brainstorming with our thought leaders on, uh, or sometimes it's just brainstorming with your peers and teammates to understanding and, you know, pinpointing a particular problem, how to address that. And then later right. point of the day, you actually, you actually, <laughs> I actually spend in, in, in concept, conceptualize and visualize those thoughts and yeah. transform them into visits. Right. And Arnab, uh, a quick humble brag. I know you're one uh, in ServiceNow VIS competition in <laughs> 2020. What was that day look like for you? <laughs> thank you, Alex. Uh, thanks for mentioning that. Uh, it uh, First of all, thanks to you, because I know you and a lot of efforts, a lot of team and people's uh, efforts went into uh, uh, organizing that event. It was a great success. But to be frank, to be honest, Alex, in service now, at least when you are competing with an army of analytics who has this design mindset, who, who are visualization experts, uh, uh, competing with them is really tough, but it also brings you uh, brings back that that uh, that hidden art in you. That how yep. not only that how technically you can uh, manipulate and change and transform the data, but also how nicely and intuitively you can uh, you know publish and portray. It. So Absolutely. yeah, so that day was all about between these two, uh, along with that time crunch, which was the extra added. <laughs> uh, of course. Uh, <laughs> milestone to be achieved. <laughs> awesome. Well, I would love to uh, look forward to hearing more about that day. Uh, Meredith, what does a typical day look like for you? Sure. So as you know, I lead the research and insights team. Um, so on a typical day, I'm usually engaged in various 
insight studies that we have in flight, um, either in peer reviews with the team, stakeholder readouts, or in one-on-ones uh, with the team talking about our approach or discussing on the data will be used or what our stakeholders want to be able to say about the data. So when I'm working with the team, I think a lot about the end result. My stakeholders want to be able to claim this, that feature X creates a better Y, or feature or which of the features of Z are most important, right? So when I work with my team, I think about, okay, if we wanted to make that claim, what data analysis would we need to get there? How would we show it and tell that story? Um, and, you know, what are the elements that we need to build up to, to that, you know, that big punchline of, of what's happening? Um, it's also, I, I will point out too, it's also as just as important to call out what works as well as what isn't working um, as you're building out that story. So a lot of my day is really spent in, okay, let's put some pressure on this and, and think about like, what does it mean? What would we do with it? What can we, you know, what can we tell a business user to, to what action can they take? And, and how can we follow up to make sure that action is taken? But all of it comes back to our ability to tell the story correctly, to make sure they really understand what we're saying. Right. Uh, it reminded me of what Avery and Cherry's mentioned in the prior episode, the closed loop insights. Right. That's exactly um, what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, it's all. I'm, I'm able to put the dots together now. All right, I see. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, because if we fail in our ability to tell the story and say, "Hey, this metric is very important," then right. the business doesn't know that, right? They don't take it away and say, "Oh my gosh, I need to take action." And so, right. closed loop insights is really about our ability to tell the story for them to really understand, like oh my gosh, I need to take action. Then they go take an action and then we, we measure it at some time in the future and say, okay, as a result of that action, what happened? Um, and that, that's really part of our closed loop insights process, which again, is another story. Yes. All right, sounds good. And before we go uh, too deep, I just wanna understand how did you end up in data viz and data storytelling uh, roles? What attracted you? I love data, analytics, numbers, solving puzzles. I have a mathematics background. And, and so for me, it started as a, a very technical puzzle data analysis, but it quickly became a storytelling challenge because you step back and you look at all of the data points you've created and how they can come together in a narrative. That's the most exciting part of data analysis for me is just laying out those seemingly disparate data points and, and painting a picture of what is correlating to our end outcome or what the value of, of something is to our customer experience. Um, on the personal side, I love stories, reading them, watching them, writing them. And with data stories, I get to create them. Awesome, awesome. Well, maybe we can do another episode about a story that you wrote sometime. <laughs> <laughs> Those are private stories. <laughs> okay, sounds good, sounds good. Arnav, how about you? If you ask me how did I start on database, of course, from the, not from the day one when I, I, I was uh, doing my uh, graduations, it was not on top of my mind that I'll be into data visualization someday. But <laughs> I, I tell you a, a, a very, uh, uh, important point which which might trigger this uh, this wish inside me is that as part of my course curriculum we had to develop websites uh, Alex uh, during our college days with a little bit of PHP HTML JavaScript and all right so right. I always love this idea of portraying uh, some informations or I I I, I totally hundred percent agree with Meredith that this is more like a puzzle 
and it's yeah. all up to you how you can arrange this puzzle so that everyone anyone and everyone can interact with it so i would say that during my college days when i used to develop websites and when i came to the the it industry the at the analytic industry to be more precise right i got to understand that there are other products or tools that can help you develop end products which can not only just display data like our websites like we uh, if you go to any e-commerce they display data right they display data about it it shows a phone how much is the price but right. our genre is way bigger than websites right uh, so i left that part of websites i came into data visualizations and now what i do is that not only portray the data uh, paint it with the color of data but that but with a nice touch of aesthetics make it enterprise grade and how how i can let my end users anyone everyone can interact with it it should be that simple so yes. that's how that that's what the motivations worked behind yes. the thing definitely aesthetics and painting you know uh, and telling data with uh, or telling a story with data you do well uh, i can definitely attest to that uh, in in the record and in terms of uh, going around uh, visualizing data right just would like to peel the onion what uh, a bit How, yep. do you know exactly what to get uh, what to get to at the, as an end result or is this more of a Meredith, uh, uh, going back to your narrative in terms of, or is this, you know, drama ups and downs before you land on a final presentation or final story? Yeah, I'd say it's definitely an iterative process. Um, and one is really never at the expert level of data viz. Um, there's always new and different ways to tell a data story. So for me, right. You know, just as you were saying, I like to start with the end result. What do my stakeholders and business leaders want to use this data for? What claims do they want to make? Can I boil it down to a simple heuristic or rule of thumb metric? Um, if not, you know, what are the key facts that I need to be able to tell the story? What are the headlines of my story? Um, do they deserve their own slide? So I deliver in PowerPoint slides mainly. So do they deliver their own slide in a headline, headline metric fashion or, or should I create a narrative of slides to build up to that headline? And right. just like you would build a story, um, you, you kind of lay out all of those elements and think about, well, what do I need? Do I have my conflict? Do I have my storyline? You know, what, what is the punchline? What is that, that ultimate outcome of the story that I want people to take away um, in it? It's also, I, I'll mention, important to know your audience going in. Some people want to know all the details, you know, what you did, how you got there, and others just want to know that punchline. Um, so at, at times, I actually will have two different versions of a study, one with all the details and the various cuts, you know, all the nitty and gritty, you know, statistical significance, everything. And then I'll have another for, for very senior leadership, which is just about the heuristic of the study and what actions we're taking because of the result. All right. Arnab, how about you? Yep. Uh, for me, Alex, uh, uh, of course, we. Uh, I definitely don't know exactly from the start of our development cycle or or when uh, what what the end product would exactly look like. Or, but but I would say it's more like sculpting, where you know what you want to design, but you don't know how exactly you want to design or where to start. So there, I would say. Uh, it's it's a it's a mixed process, Alex. Where many things comes along, and I would definitely want to highlight a couple of them. One being that uh, we have defined strategy, company-wide strategy, and our thought leaders, our our analytics leaders, 
make sure that each team, each persons play a big role to make that strategy successful. And we have our own smaller part to it. We break us big uh, company-wide uh, business problem statement into smaller chunks. And as correctly as Meredith said, that we the, the challenge we face is that how we can make uh, these smaller parts transform into actionable KPIs or meaningful KPIs, right? And so it's it's more of an iterative process. We think through, we go vertical and horizontal. Maybe the answer sometimes does not does involve uh, talking and collaborating with multiple teams. Maybe uh, maybe you want to you want to uh, uh, deliver a product which will ensure a customer success. But then when you look behind, the answers lies in many smaller chunks, many smaller places like. You have to go to see marketing data. You have to go to see sales. You have to see a customer's buying journey. So, so many things get involved. So it's an iterative process. We collaborate with multiple teams. Our managers and stakeholders helps us with an indefinite feedback loops. And right. yes, ultimately we come up with a product which fits uh, all the all the criteria and talks about the big picture. Sounds good. Definitely sounds a lot like closed loop data viz. <laughs> awesome. I know, I know you, you touched on uh, analytics strategy. Uh, keeping the analytics strategy, I know in season one, the opening remarks with Vijay, he touched on at a broader, uh, higher level uh, and simplifying all those you know, five pillar analytics strategy here at ServiceNow. Now, keeping that in mind, as well as you know, specific to data viz and storytelling, Yes. Uh, what would be unique about data viz and storytelling with data and data practices here at ServiceNow compared to industry or perhaps you know uh, prior companies you work for? Great, great question, Alex. <laughs> uh, 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 during my tenure so far in ServiceNow, it's been a roller coaster ride. It's been an amazing experience working with multiple products and portfolios. So I want to start the answer saying that uh, uh, that. I, I have worked with multiple agencies, Alex, before service now. They all their own strategy and, uh, and, and, and techniques to handle analytics divisions, how they deliver products and uh, uh, customer outcomes. But here in uh, service, I would say we do it a, uh, a little differently. I, I don't want to call out whether it's the right best thing to do, but I would definitely call out it's one of the, uh, the step-by-step approach that we follow. Couple of the things or highlight I would definitely want to call out Alex is that yep. first we go at with a product mindset here, yes. deploying a dashboard to the server or, 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 or to the production does not ensure a finish line. It's, it's more of defines the start line from where we start thinking that how else we can make it better. Right. We in service now, Alex, we, we do not want every time to end users comes to us and see dashboards and or ask data and we we basically build things as per their requirement rather we want data to reach people and we have so many different tools techniques and teams and innovations happening around that like scorecards right we there are you you will see alex because i know you have come uh, you you have a great uh, background into marketing you know right marketing people or sales people or the business people have their own uh, defined strategy or they have their own portals where they, they are more confident about that data, right? So when we are de developing our product, we, we should not just think from a, develop, a development perspective, we should also think from 
how else we can make it how 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 else we can make it more reachable to the end user i'm talking about knowledge graph alex in our yes. analytics portfolio we have so many dashboards so many assets but all are connected like uh, vijay yeah. said right right you 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 never get lost it's it's always connected and yeah. it's not only like building and uh, building and developing alex the the process we do in service now it's more beyond that i want to highlight the enablement process which is which is a very rare in such portfolios but this ensures a this ensures a successful not only a successful product alex but also the the way company adopts it we yeah. we launch products with high volume with with uh, we 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 uh, launch products um, with skyrocket expectations and 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 events like we have our own events like sales kickoffs and all we launch uh, our dashboards there we have our own set of tools and techniques where we have developed analytics on top of usage so that we can track how can how efficiently people are adapting that who are uh, watching who are not watching so everything when all these things exceptional ideas come in place alex i think we as an analytics strategy in service now are doing wonders and we are really uh, making it is it a data company <laughs> yeah our, just to pile on there our knowledge graph is definitely unique it's you know interconnected data across the business helps us drill up down all around into trends and emerging issues um, you know having that product and, and design mindset and everything we build is really, really crucial. And you don't get lost. Um, my team regularly review, regularly reviews our knowledge graph, and, and I'm so impressed about both the ease of use and also the sheer amount of data it contains. Sometimes I, I go down the rabbit hole, click clicking through, and I'm just like, wow, we have all of this in here. That's crazy, but it's awesome because it is very user friendly, and, and it's very easy to kind of understand where you came from and, and where you're going. Um, specific to my team, just to answer your question about you know how this compares to other companies I've worked with. Um, I am really blessed to work with such amazing talent uh, in research and insights. You know our data visuals and stories they just get better and better with each study. Uh, the team continues to up the bar, and it's incredible to watch. And I just want to say I learned so much from them. Um, it, it's great to just get a bunch of like-minded folks in a room and and just see what types of visuals can come out of uh, a data story. And I, I'm always just so energized by them. Energized indeed. Uh, and going into a little bit of a drama here on the next, on the next question, uh, what do you enjoy the most about data viz and storytelling with data? And alternatively, what do you enjoy the least about it? I'm sure you have a lot of stories to tell, <laughs> I mean, I think I can start by saying my favorite part is when the story comes together. I, I feel that energy, the excitement, I feel confident about it. I know how those data points relate not only to the story we're telling, but to other things we learned and, and why it matters to the bigger picture, because that's really important. I mean, you can tell a data story in a vacuum, but if you can't actually pick your head up and say, well, how does this relate to how the business is doing? How does this relate to this other data asset out there? Um, your data story could actually fail because you need to make sure that it's an interconnected web, right? Um, just with our knowledge graph. Uh, my yeah. least favorite part, though, is when you're staring at a pile of data points and they just don't make any sense. <laughs> and you're like, what do I have here? Um, some, sometimes I'll, I'll sit and I'll just kind of write down on a bunch of post-it notes like, OK, what are, what are all the facts that I've learned? And I'll sit there with that pile in front of me and say, 
gosh, I have no idea. <laughs> and so that's, that's the struggle, right? Is when you're right. not really sure what the data is telling you. Um, but in my experience, that's where, you know, we do a lot of peer reviews and, and have a lot of data visualization peers. We have a data viz Slack group, even which Alex, you're a member of. Um, and yeah. we, you know, we have that that network of folks to kind of lean on and say, like, what would you do here? Um, and, and they can help you find that story that you may not have seen, because sometimes, you know, you're just too close to it, to be quite frank. You just you're, you're too close to all the details and you can't figure out what the story is. Um, but then when you step back and kind of let others help you uh, stir in it a little bit and think like, oh, OK, oh, that's my story. Oh, interesting. OK, let's go. Let's do this. Right. All right. Uh, Arnab, how about you? Uh, definitely, Alex. Uh, when uh, you, you, you get, uh, you, I mean, your product gets the highest success when people use it. So I would definitely say that the most uh, part of uh, the data viz uh, story, what I enjoy is that uh, the launch, <laughs> when, when uh, a perfect product or close to perfect product launches and people can really make sense out of it and they get excited. Uh, I totally echo Meredith's point, right? This is, oh, wow, this is what my story is, right? And uh, seeing that, that, uh, that a product is making people understand their own data better is, uh, is a point of satisfaction, I would say. And uh, on a contrary, if you ask me, what are the least favorite thing of this journey is that when, when you basically start digging into a problem, it's a very start fine line when you have the very least information available and you yeah. have to go horizontal and vertical, it's the most exciting and also uh, a very tedious part where you have to you you have to collaborate with so many teams and you have to dig through uh, you have to unturn so many stones to find out just one right KPI uh, and then to understand how you can pull it to your bucket, how you can normalize, denormalize, or make sense out of it so that it can fit your story. It's, it's definitely the tedious part. Once you are into the flow, it, it flows, but to start right. it, always the start becomes challenging. And that's what the, uh, it, I mean, that's what the excitement's all about, right? Awesome. So when you get stuck, like how, how do you start to flow or get into the zone again? Uh, I would say, Alex, we have to take inspirations. Sometimes we are self-motivated. Sometimes we are not. Uh, it, it, I mean, there are so many things happens, right, in our day-to-day -day lives, particularly when we are living such uncertain time. I know it's hard for everybody. Uh, so sometimes you tend to get uh, a, a little lost with maybe your personal or, or professional things. All you have, you have so many things in your plate. You just don't know exactly where right. to start. So it's better you, you, you take some uh, time off, maybe an hour or two, you think through it. Or maybe if you're completely stuck, I would say you take a day rest. And the next day, maybe, maybe you can think from a new perspective. And when right. you exhaust all these options, I would say my favorite thing is to do go to uh, uh, some portal or 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 uh, community where you can see people posting about their awesome visualization storytelling, which inspires you to basically right. make inspirations. <laughs> all right. Well, if if I come across anyone who's lost, I'll send them your way. <laughs> <laughs> would definitely love to help you with that, Alex. <laughs> Last question, especially for those who are thinking uh, and or, you know, thinking of becoming or transitioning into the data viz or, you know, uh, storytelling with data uh, space, 
what would you advise them in order to, uh, to learn or focus on in order to be successful in this role? So I can start. Um, one of the most important pieces of advice that I have is to know your audience. I said it earlier in this in this session, and I'll say it again. But knowing what level of data they have an appetite for, you know, if they want a long, elaborate story, or if they really just care about the punchline. Um, a while back, I was working with some senior leaders and and used this example, which I, I still use to this day. Is um, I said, you know, Meredith. I don't want to know the entire plot and all the drama. I just want the movie theater trailer. Right. <laughs> and I thought that was really helpful at the time. I was like, oh boy, <laughs> how do I tell them this? Um, but, but it actually is, is really helpful advice and is something I think about a lot of, okay, you know, maybe I just need the highlights. Maybe I just need that trailer. Um, I need to build the suspense, but we don't need to get into all of the drama and all of the characters and all the breakdowns, right? Um, right. Knowing that answer of, of who is your audience and, and what do they want will help you, will help guide you on your journey to be a data, data viz guru. And it will change with your audience. Um, so you always have to be on your toes a bit and, and think about, you know, who, who am I presenting this to and, and what do they what do they want? Um, there's also a ton of classes, resources, books out there in the world. Um, if you're interested in this field, I, I would suggest taking a class on data storytelling. It's really important to learn about some of those design principles and techniques. And even if you've been doing this for a while, I'll say a refresher class can really give you so much inspiration. Uh, we did one as a team uh, last fall and I, I just see so much, uh, so many new techniques being applied, um, even in all of our studies all the time. And, and it, it made me kind of give pause and think about, oh, you know, I've been doing it this way for so long. What if I changed it up a little bit? What if I tried some different color? What if I tried some more headline metrics in my slides? What would that do? And, and it's, uh, it's always nice to learn new things and just kind of refresh that and, and kind of keep building the excitement in this space because it is an exciting space. It's very, you know, it's very design forward. Yes, T totally. In the having growth mindset, as you touched on it earlier as well, is very important. Yes, Alex, I uh, totally agree with uh, what Meredith and you said, right? It's, it's a very exciting space and we have a lot of buzz around data visualizations, data analytics these days. Uh, to any uh, aspirants, I would say that uh, as, as correctly as Meredith said, right, that know your audience and then know uh, for, for people like what just keep starting, maybe the best thing to do is to hold on to a particular few tools or technologies and start on what, think about what excites you the most, maybe the data visualizations part, uh, then think about a few tools or technologies which you want to start with, but don't just uh, uh, limit yourself into that because data visualizations, again, is not just building about charts, bars and pie charts, right? It also, uh, it, it, it has to solve real life problems. So I would say, Alex, is that, uh, guidance for those who want to kickstart is that take use cases from your daily life. Maybe, maybe uh, when you're going on shopping, maybe when you are, uh, when you are using your decision making capability to reach a conclusion. Use those problems, gather some data, and try to try to build your own visualization solutions on top of those, and see how you can create a, or make a story out of it. And last but not the least, I would say, Alex, to be successful in this space is is you have to have a little bit of knowledge, if not a lot about everything. Like you cannot just say that, hey, I'm a whiz guru. I don't know about how data is manipulated. I don't know about how data science model predicts, but I would say it's a little bit of knowledge about everything, like uh, what all factors ML considers, 
what exactly answers uh, our machine is trying to, what are the questions machine is trying to answer and what are the business questions uh, business people are looking for. Marrying these knowledge would help uh, develop that mindset, which will, which will require you as a, which will, which will prepare you as a, uh, as a successful visualization designer going ahead. Great advice. And thank you, Meredith and Arna for taking, uh, taking time out of your busy schedule and walking me through, you know, the uh, ups and downs and the drama of, you know, the storytelling and visualizing what does a typical day look like for actual data viz and data storytellers. And I cannot wait to visualize analytics on this episode. Thanks for having us, Alex. It's been a pleasure. And uh, this is one of my favorite topics. And you can probably hear the excitement about it. And I'm so glad we we're able to, to have this conversation. Thank you, Mary. Thank you, Alex, for having us. Uh, it's, it's been a wonderful time spent here. And would love to talk about more in coming days. Awesome. This was an episode nine of Analytics at ServiceNow produced by one and only Matt Ackerman. In the next episode, we will cover a day in the life of data engineers who lay the foundation for data viz and storytelling to ensure the right stories are passed on for generations. Thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share with others. Remember, sharing is caring. Until next time.